But either way, I'm going to record this anyway, because I need it for the Read and Rant podcast. If you if you're here on YouTube, I want to encourage you right now to follow us, join us on our Discord community. It's discord.gg slash Opus Frere, discord.gg slash Opus Frere. That's where we get to connect. That's where we're community. Um, you'll see multiple text chats there. You'll see a text chat for prayer requests every Tuesday and Thursday. We come together to pray. Um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we do the read and rant. Sometimes it's on YouTube. Sometimes it's on um, on Discord. Well, it's always on Discord because it's always going to be available. And I'll always update you on Discord. But we're doing it once in a while on YouTube. And I'm kind of sneaking in. TikTok and IG again. We're kind of sneaking that in only because I got a little bit more time in the office. So I'm going to start sneaking those in a little bit more often. But I figured um, we would do our read and rant just to make sure that we stay consistent um, with the demands that I have that we do our read and rant today. We're going to be in in Acts chapter five. So go ahead and get settled and go to Acts chapter five. Okay, Uh, if you can, go ahead and get settled. And we're going to be reading Acts chapter 5. We read Acts chapter 4 on Monday. And so we're going to read Acts chapter 5 today. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and get settled um, as we spend time in the Word. If you are here for the first time, this is the Read and Rant. What we do is we commit 20 to 30 minutes reading through scripture, and then we spend another 20 to 30 minutes reflecting on it. It'll be a little shorter today, but we want to at least devote uh, a certain period of time, a certain block of our time to read God's word. Some of you guys will be listening to this in the middle of the day. Some of you guys will be listening to this on the 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 um the podcast. Some of you will be watching this live and you're here right now live. And for you, it may be different times of the day for you, right? We've got folks from all over. Quickly shout out, by the way, where you're located. Let people know where you are because it's always cool um, to see all the different folks from all around the world who come together to read God's word. Even in this country, we have people at different time uh, time zones. And so it's kind of cool seeing that. It's when I'm on the West Coast and I do the reading rent with you guys, I realize the commitment that all my West Coast people do. So shout out to all my San Francisco, LA, my Nevada people. Shout out to all my San Diego folks. Shout out to all of y'all who come on um, and join us for the reading rant because it is early for you. But here you are coming together to read the word along with us. Our commitment here is just to read through the Bible. We've read through the entire Old Testament and now we're reading through the entire New Testament. Uh, We've been reading intently through the book of Acts right now, and we're going to continue to journey through the book of Acts. Um, It's uh, it's been just a powerful journey that we've been on together. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to this time together with you as we read Acts chapter five today. And then we're just going to see where the Lord leads. So that's the first motivation. The first motivation is just to expose you through the entire Bible. Right. I just want you to see all of it for what it is. And then the second uh, motivation is for us to just prayerfully ask God to speak to us, to learn how to read with a posture of receiving from God. 
We're going to meditate on his word day and night, but we're going to receive. We're not simply just going to read this as an intellectual text, but we're going to commit our time to reading God's word and to ask the Lord to speak to us as we read his word. That's my commitment. That's what I ask for all of you to commit to, because let me tell you something. When you do it, it is life changing. I know there are folks here right now who will attest to that, that it has been life. It has been a life changing endeavor for you to just commit to the read and rants. There's some of you who've been here from the gate. We got the OGs in the house who've been here with us from the gate who can say this was life changing for me. And that's why we're here, because I believe that just reading God's word alone, just reading and reflecting God's word. Yes, Bible study is great. We do that on Patreon. Join our Patreon community. Join our um um, our Discord community as well. By the way, Patreon is patreon.com slash Isaac Frere, patreon.com slash I-S-A-A-C-F-R-E-R-E. Join our Patreon community as well. But um, I, I just believe that this is a life-changing, life-changing activity for you. And so I'm encouraged when I see folks coming on and I'm always encouraged by the testimonies and the stories of what God is doing in your lives as you continue to grow in simply committing to reading his word. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to read God's word. And as I said, our posture is a posture of receiving. So we're going to ask three questions today. The three questions that we're going to ask is first, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? That's the first question. The second question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that we're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? We we ask, what is the scriptures revealing concerning God? Because again, all scripture testifies of him. The purpose of the scripture is to reveal who he is, to reveal his heart. And so we read his will, his heart, his plan, his work, his message, who he is. And so we we ask that because it's important for us to already be in a posture of receptivity to receive the truth of who God is, the heart of God, the spirit of God in his word. And then the other question that we ask is, God, what are you feeling concerning people? Because God is in the ministry of reconciliation. He's doing a, he's doing a work with us individually, but he's also doing a work with us corporately. And then the third question is, God, what are you feeling concerning me? Because the word is living and active and it discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So we allow the word to discern us, to correct us, to prune us, to wash us, to to trim us, to cut us where we need to be cut so that we can be shaped into who God calls us to be. And that's why we do this. We, We will spend a few moments just reading, and then we'll read through those questions. And so I ask that you pray with me as we get started, and then we'll get right right to it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together today. We thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, are gracious God. Lord, you provided so many means and opportunities for us, Lord, to get close to you, to get to know who you are. Thank you for this one this moment, this opportunity, Lord, that we can come together, Lord, to journey in your word, to discover who you are through this platform, by this means. So, Father, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us as we read your word. I pray, Lord, that the truth of your gospel would be made real, Lord, who you are, Lord, that it would be made evident to us, and Lord, that it would correct us where we need correction, to convict us where we need conviction, to Lord, bring renewal and restoration where we need it, Father. Let us be 
encouraged. Let's be exhorted today in your word. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Go ahead and uh, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 5, and I will read, and I pray that you guys would read along with me. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Read from whatever version best fits you right now and works for you, okay? And this is what it says. It says, Now a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, and his wife, also being aware of it, brought a certain part and laid it at the disciples' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things, and young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they, were all with, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all healed. Verse 17. Then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees. And they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison, sorry, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, they returned and reported saying, indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But we, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered what outcome would be, what the outcome would be. 
So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And when the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Hmm. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God our fathers raised up, Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. The one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a while. And he said to the men of Israel, take heed to yourselves that you intend to do regarding what you intend to do regarding this men. For some time ago, Theodos rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400 joined him. He was slain and all obeyed him and were scattered and came to the morning. After this, man, after this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you be found to fight against God. And they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been counted worthy. Jesus counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple, in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. The word of God. Family, I told you already, if I'm going to read the book of Acts, and for many of you who've been with me, hanging with me for as long as you have, you know the passion that I have for the church. I love the church, and so I speak uh, very boldly about the church. I speak highly about the church and I speak with a lot of conviction concerning things that don't look like the church, but sometimes people interpret that and say that this guy doesn't like the church. No, I don't. I didn't. I, that's not what it is. No, it's not that I don't like the church. It's that I don't like the things that we call church. That isn't the church. And yet God has a way of moving powerfully, even in this era and in this time, through our expressions of what of church. And, and God has a way by his grace that even when we're not fully 
uh, moving and fully operating in uh, an authentic expression of the church, God has a way of working through those things. And I, I find so much encouragement in that. That's why I'm, I'm never one to say that, oh, God can't work in these institutions and these established systems. Many of us here can testify to that. Right? There are many of us here that can say, I gave my life to so-and-so, to Jesus at so-and-so church. There are many of us that can say, I gave my life to Jesus hearing a message from this particular person. There are many of us here who will say, I gave my life to Jesus watching a video on YouTube. There are many of us that will say, well, I gave my life to Jesus by, by means that may not seem like the church. And there are those of us, the vessels by which God used to bring the message of Jesus, you've come to find out later on that, man, these people weren't it. Come to find out later on that, man, this, nope, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That person was a person of poor character. That person was a person who maybe they even have some teaching that just doesn't align with what you now in your maturity have learned in your reading of the word. And yet God has a way of using anybody and anything to get to you. That's, that's what I love about the relentless pursuit of God is that he will use anything and anyone by any means to get to you. God will reach you in any way. And so we don't question the authenticity of our own personal experience and encounter with Jesus because of the means by which that we met Jesus. Let me say that one more time. We don't question or we don't doubt the personal encounters that we have with Jesus because of the means and the mechanisms by which we actually met Jesus. Because Jesus can use anything. So don't question your faith because of the person who may have exposed you or introduced you to Jesus. At the end of the day, that person did not bring you to Jesus. That person was used by God and that Jesus was the one that met you there. We have no capacity in any way to pursue God. Far from God, we do not have any capacity to do it. But God pursued us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He met us right where we are. And our coming to faith in Jesus Christ is a spiritual endeavor. It is a miracle. It is a work of God and God alone. Nobody brought you to Jesus. That's a quick little side. No one brought you to Jesus. People may have introduced you to Jesus, but no one can bring you to Jesus. Okay, fam? Just throwing that out there to make sure we're all on the same page on that. However, when we read uh, this text, what we see is we see a different version of the church. And I say that because when we see the church today, we might say, well, then, you know, Jesus can't move in this church. Jesus can move in anything. However, if we were truly moving the way God intended us to move, man, the things that could happen, the things that could happen. And so I read this text. And I get stirred up every time I read through the book of Acts. I don't go through the book of Acts and leave it without getting stirred. Every time I go into this book, I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up because I see how God uses people to bring others to him, how God uses people to bring uh, his authority, his power, his justice, his love, his beauty to the earth. I am, I am so encouraged to see how God can use people, but I'm also convicted 
at how when God is moving through people, it doesn't mean that the whole earth is going to be on your side. As a matter of fact, there are powers at play. There are forces uh, that go against the truth of the gospel and go against the truth of Christ and go against his heart, his message, his will, and his plan. At the end of the day, the enemy's ruse, the enemy's plan is to pull us away from Christ. He has no problem with us being good people. He has no problem with us being moral. He has no problem with us even serving religions. He has no problem with us being religious. The devil has no issues with us being religious at all. His issue is if we're actually submitted. So folks are like, man, I follow religion. God is, sorry, the devil is okay with that. He ain't got no problem with us, you know, being religious. His issue is, is if we live submitted to Christ and yet the institutions, the sociocultural institutions have been built around an independence from God. If we can pull people away from God, if we can make people self-sufficient, if we can just fixate them on religion and performance, then we're going to be all right. And yet the apostles come in with a whole new message, a message not of performance, but a message of grace, a message not of permission, but a message of power. And we begin to see a demonstration of that power. And what happens when the church infiltrates and the church enters, the institutions and the powers don't like it. They haven't liked it. And they want to contest and fight against it, and yet they will not succeed. I love the verse that says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It didn't say no weapon will attack. It just said it will not prosper. And oh man, where the gates of hell opened against the church. Oh man, where the gates of hell seeking to prevail over the church. And Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell, the institutions, the systems, the, the sociological, cultural constructs, all those things that look to infiltrate and overpower the church, they will not prevail. I'm going to stay with one thought today because I know I'm going to run a little bit shorter today. But I want to stay with one thought. Is that if God's in it, then we're in it to win it. If God's in it, then we're in it to win it. I'm reading this and I'm looking at all the things that are going against the church. The oppression. I mean, just think about the boldness of these folks as they step in disturbing the systems disturbing the powers, disturbing the, the, the forces that, that, that we see here, be it institutional, spiritual, it's all spiritual, but be the institutional and the cultural and the sociological structures, all these things that we're talking about, and to see how they took joy in their oppression. Like, we cry about our oppression. They took joy. Like, they're getting beaten. They're getting arrested. We would cry about those things nowadays. We, you know, we're, just, we're a little bit softer now. You know, Christians today, we're just, we're just soft. Let's just be real. We're a little soft, y'all. Okay? Somebody sends a, a, a tweet 
that hurts our feelings and all of a sudden we're being oppressed. Somebody puts a comment on our posts and all of a sudden we're being oppressed. All of a sudden, oh, I'm suffering for the gospel. Fam, you don't know what suffering is. There are some people who do, but most of us that are watching this on the screen right now, we don't know what suffering is. The fact that we can watch this on the screen says that we don't know what suffering is. Because there's some folks right now who can't watch this right now, who can't see this on the screen, who are worshiping God right now in, in this era, in this time, who are worshiping God in hiding. They're literally hiding. They're risking their families, risking their lives, risking their businesses, risking their finances, risking their careers to worship Jesus. They might have a better idea of what it looks like. You know, the places in East Asia and China, they have a better idea of what it looks like. In North Africa, those who are worshiping Christ in hiding, they have a better idea of what it looks like. There are folks today that are getting beheaded for their faith in Jesus Christ. We don't know what oppression is, man. Feelings hurt. Feelings get hurt, and we believe that's oppression. These guys, they're going through those very things. Getting beaten, getting thrown in jail. We're about to see... We're about to see very soon, they're going to get martyred. And you know what they do? They rejoice. They literally go back home rejoicing in the suffering. Rejoicing that they suffered shame for his name. Fam, do you understand that? Like, this is a whole different posture that the Holy Spirit, a whole different boldness that the Holy Spirit gives when people go in rejoicing for the shame that is brought upon them for his name. Some of us, we hide. Some of us, we don't really talk the Jesus talk. You know, we don't really say it. We don't really like to speak it out. We don't, we don't really like to talk about it because we don't want to disturb anybody. Right. And we don't bother anyone, you know, because we don't want to offend anyone. But really at the end of the day, the truth is, is that many of us, we don't really speak because we just don't like the shame that's associated with it. Like, if we be honest, there are those of us, if we read this, that's not us. Yeah, we, we, we hide Jesus under the guise of, let's not make people uncomfortable. But the truth is, is that we hide because we actually don't want to confront the shame that comes with his name. You know, the shame and, and the challenge and the losing of friends and people. We don't we don't want we don't want that. I don't want to lose any of my friends and I don't want to lose people and I don't want no. At the end of the day, we're still making this thing about ourselves. They did not. They counted it worthy to suffer shame for his name. Y'all, that's bold. And they did not cease. They did not stop. They put them, they, they put them folks in prison and they didn't stop. They threw them in jail and they didn't stop. They kept going. They kept going. They kept preaching. They kept teaching. They kept speaking in his name. They didn't stop because they took joy even in the persecution. This is the bonus that the Holy Spirit brings. It's the bonus that I pray for in this era and in this age when we're just trying not to offend people. 
but you cannot step in to darkness. You cannot be light stepping into darkness and not think that you're going to disturb the darkness. The darkness will fight against it. And there are institutions that will come against it. You're going to face opposition. Yes, you're you're going to face people who won't like you. You're going to face people who are going to be against you. That's going to happen. It's not because you're being stank or not because you're being, you know, you're a person of low character or because you're being hateful. No, simply because of where you stand. You can love, 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 and yet still make enemies. But if God is in it, then you're in it to win it. If God is in it, then you're in it to win it. If God is in it, you cannot lose. If God is in it, then God will see you through. If God is in it, you are more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors. You might be suffering. You might be contending. You might be battling. You might be going through it, but for the sake of Jesus Christ, persevere. Because if God is in it, he will see you through it. I don't care if people are going against you for your faith. People are challenging you for what you believe. You will persevere even in the midst of it all, even with the contention, even with those. You have to expect people to come against you. And yet at the same time, you have to expect that you're going to persevere and that you're going to win. That's the hope that we have, that if God is in it, then we're in it to win it. I can talk about a lot of things here, but I want to talk about one thing. And just that one thing. I could do this like four sermons just in this portion of text. <laughs> but I want you to draw your attention to Gamaliel's wise advice. Good old Gam. Man, do I love good old Gam. And man, if only we would have that posture that good old Gam had even today. I'm explaining to you what I mean by that. The institutions, the forces that are at play, they're concerned about the authenticity of these disciples. They're concerned that these guys are up to something else. At least that's what they're presenting. We know better. But at least that's how they're presenting it. And Gam comes with this wise advice. He says, hold up a second, men of Israel. We've seen this before. Guys have come up. Guys have contended against the Jewish faith, have challenged our religious institutions, have challenged our way of life. We've seen it. And we've seen others who've come causing division and derision amongst us. We've seen that. And he said, we've seen man after man after man come and bring a revolution, or at least attempt, sorry, attempt to bring a revolution. We've seen that before. What's happened to them? I mean, well, how did that go? They all failed. So they all failed. 
They started off with something that looked like a strong movement, but then they all failed. They started off with something looking like, wow, this is big. This is going to change everything. And yet they've all failed. So they perish, they've dispersed. And so he says in verse 38, and now I say to you, keep away from these men. So he's saying, fam, let it work. Let, let this play out. For if this plan is of man, it will come to nothing. I mean, just think about that for a second. If it is a man-made construct, it will come to nothing. If God is not in it, it's a setup for a loss. But if it is of God, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. There's nothing you're going to be able to do to overthrow it. If God is in it, they will win it. So he said our best course of action in that case is just to do nothing. Because eventually it'll work itself out. It's either God is in it or God is not. And if God is not in it, it'll die out. If God is in it, there's nothing we can do about it. It's a posture, it's a wisdom that we can be both encouraged by and also apply. We can be encouraged by this wisdom because we can know that if God is in it, as I've said, then we are in it to win it. We don't have to worry if God is in it. We can be encouraged by that. We can also be convicted by that, that God better be in it. That God better be in our churches, not our branding strategies, not our cool ideas, not you know, cool methodologies, not smoking lights and not productions, all that stuff. Nothing wrong with that. I got no issue with that. Okay. I love art. I love music. I love production. I love all of that. I love it. But if God's not in it, it's set up to lose. And for many of us, we think that's the answer and that's the solution to see people's lives change. No, God has to be in it. If God is in it, it doesn't matter. We're in it to win it. But if God is not in it, time will prove God's absence. Like when God is not in it, like God isn't motivating it. It's not God. God is not the priority. Like if, if Christ is not the priority, if it's our brands, if it's our ideas, if it's our, you know, our, you know, just insatiable desire to be loved and to be affirmed and to be celebrated and to be glorified. If that's what drives us, fam, I'm telling you, there's an expiration date on your church. Fam, if it's about you, there's an expiration date on it because there's an expiration date on you. There's an expiration date on your church if it's about you. There's an expiration date on your ministry if it's about you. And man, when that thing expires, it's going to stink. It's going to smell bad. It's not going to be anything nice. Because God was never in it. The one thing I think that's really interesting about the church of God, like God's church, is that it's designed to fail if God's not in it. Because it's his church. It will fail if God is not in it. Because it's his church. It's a word of conviction for us that God better be in it. He better be in what I'm doing. 
He better be all up in my business. He better be all up in my marriage. If God is in it, we're in it to win it. If God is in my marriage, if God is in my family, if God is in my church, if God is in my my business, whatever it is, if God is in it, I cannot lose. There's no L's with God. We are more than conquerors. Those of us who are in him, there's no L if God isn't in it. And that should be our desire. Not what we want is God in it. Not our way is God in it. Not about my name is God in it. Not about celebrating my brand is God in it. It's about him. Am I bringing glory to him? If God is in it, we're in it to win it, y'all. If God's not in it, fam, I don't see how you can win. But let this also be a word of conviction for those of us who sometimes see movements. And the first thing we revert to is, I got to come. I got to speak up. I got to speak up because God's not in that. God's not in that. First of all, you think you, you think that you care about the church more than God does? And you think God needs you to bring correction and change and transformation? Hear a thought that maybe some things just make you look angry and bitter and really doesn't do much to bring people to actually Jesus? Have you ever thought that maybe all that time and energy that you spend on the quote-unquote mega ministries, have you ever thought that maybe you should be expending more of that energy to reach the people in the body, sorry, outside of the body? Have you ever thought that you might just be barking like a chihuahua and people hear you barking, but nothing's actually changing because the work of God bringing healing to the body has less to do with you. It has more to do with the Holy Spirit. And I know we have this fixation on, let's go find the guys with the platforms and let's go and correct them because that's what we do, right? Let's go correct the ones that we don't agree with, the ones we disagree with. Let's Let's also call them out on their biblical errors. And you know what? We're going to take it to the next level. We're going to call their biblical errors heresy. Yeah. Because somehow we just throw heresy around like it's, we throw that word heresy around so much now it has no value. Okay. There's a difference between biblical error and heresy. Okay. A preacher can preach and make a biblical error. And then there is heresy. Not to say that it's not out there. But it's just that I find that often people are throwing a biblical mistake or a biblical disagreement, and then they say, oh, that's a heretic. You devalued the word heretic when you do that. But I say all this because I think there's some of us that think that somehow we're saving the church by simply calling out the quote-unquote heretics, calling out the ministries that have I mean, the ones with the bigger platforms, they have to already know that they're going to face opposition. I understand that. But I say all that to say that maybe we should focus on some other things. Because if God's not in it, it's going to work its way out. Time has a way of proving God's presence in something. Time has a way of doing that. And when God's not in it, eventually it it expires. There's nothing preserving it. 
Nothing holding it, nothing keeping it. So for those of us who are so fixated on that, let's just focus on Jesus. And let's focus on reaching people who are far from Jesus. And let's preach the love, the beauty, and the message of Jesus. Let's spend more time preaching on the gospel because I find that when we spend more of our time calling out the quote-unquote false teachers, all we're doing is just creating more bitterness in the body. Gam's advice is an advice I think we should all take when we see ministries, especially the ones with the big platforms, and we have this immediate inclination to speak against those ministries. Man, if we can just speak more Christ rather than against ministries. Man, if we just show the love of Jesus more. I find that a lot of these churches, what they have is they have a lot of folks who are just angry and bitter. They just have an anger in them and a bitterness in them. Nobody's coming to Jesus with that. So let's be encouraged today. Let's be encouraged by the reality that we cannot lose if God is on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? We cannot lose if God is in it. And it puts us also in a posture of conviction. Let's pray and be desperate for God and for Jesus and for Christ in all that we do. Let's be desperate because if he's in it, we're in it to win it. And let's be patient with those who we don't agree with, those who even question their motives and intentions and say, well, if God's not in it, it'll work its way out. All my barking and bickering isn't going to change anything. So today, if God is in it, then we're in it to win it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, Lord, allowing us to come here, Lord, to spend a few moments in your word. Father, I thank you for blessing us today, blessing us with this opportunity, Lord, to to study your word, to read your word, and, and Father, to be convicted by your word and to be, Lord, encouraged and corrected and empowered by your word. Today, I ask, Lord, that you would give us the confidence to know, Lord, that if you are for us, no one can be against us. Let's, let's be encouraged that if you are in it, Lord, we are more than conquerors. Lead us and guide us, Lord. Teach us to persevere today and teach us to be patient, to operate with wisdom, and to trust you in all things today. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. I love you guys very much. Thank you guys for coming through. Um, If you are on YouTube right now and you're watching this and you're like, hold on, I want to plug in. You want to go deeper or maybe you listen to this on the podcast and you want to go deeper and plug in with us. I want to encourage you right now. YouTube family. uh, What is it? Our uh, podcast family. All you guys join our discord family. Okay, join our discord family. Discord.gg slash O-P-U-S-F-R-E-R-E. Discord.gg slash O-P-U-S-F-R-E-R-E. Sign up. Sign up. Join our Discord community. You'll get to meet a cool group of people. We'll get to connect. And also, we get to connect outside of these moments, right? We get to, you know, have uh, 24-hour access uh, to one another. Um, And also, just to plug in, if you have prayer requests, there's folks praying for you there. If you have... Um, questions. We're going to be setting up forms pretty soon. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff uh, because it's a community where people are growing together, but it's also a community where people are just doing life together. It's awesome. It's great. So I want to encourage you to join that community. And also, 
If the Lord puts on your heart to support what we're doing, I want you to prayerfully consider supporting. We need your support. Okay. And I know you may think, okay, it's no big deal. It's just $10 a month. I mean, really, is $10 a month going to make a difference? Yes, it does. It makes a huge difference. And so consider supporting us as we continue to push forward and press forward and lean in. Um, there's some things that um, I would like to do more of. I'm just waiting for the resource to be able to expand and to do more. And so I'm just praying that God will be in provision, and I believe he will through this platform. And so, guys, continue to support to make what we do here a reality and to see it grow and become something even greater. I will see you guys tomorrow on Discord. Um, we'll be there for prayer. I believe we'll be on Discord. Yes, we'll be there for prayer. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you guys then. God bless you guys. See you guys tomorrow. Peace out.